Welcome back, everybody. It's time to meet our community, the Hispanic business community here in Orange County, powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio, streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center. And today, well, I'll let Ruben introduce him, somebody I think he's known for a year or two here. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. And welcome, everybody, to our podcast where because our community is your community and we have a special guest today a longtime friend uh, mr bobby mcdonald or we more affectionately know him as bobby mack so um uh, bobby is the president of the black chamber of commerce of orange county he's one of the leading advocates uh, for veterans here in orange county for decades and um he co-chairs with me actually the diverse business leaders coalition of orange county and um Bobby, we look forward to a great discussion, but we'd love to start out our podcast always with just you telling our audience a little bit about yourself. I mean, like, you know, where you were born, who, you know, just give us a little background about who Bobby Mack is. You think the audience really cares about what I'm, no, I'm just kidding, man. Uh, Thank you. I, I it's, a, it's an honor to, to be here. Thank you. You know, and, and what I do want to say to the audience, it's, it's, it's an awesome feeling to, to be here with the in this fine studio with uh, working with the Orange County Hispanic Chamber. We, we go back a ways, uh, a long ways, uh, and uh, just, just uh, as a shout-out to you and the crew, thank you for what you're doing and how you're doing it and, well, and, we appreciate, and for being here. We appreciate the partnership we've had yeah. for many decades. Well, that's, that's what we stand for. The yeah. Black Chamber has been, uh, is, well, on the 24th of February, we'll be 39 years old. That's right. That's yeah. right. So i got to look forward to our 40th. But a little bit about me. I'm uh, an L.A. native. A member of the the wonderful crew that I had to go through LA Unified School District, so 993 School, Gompers in Washington, and um, which I like to tell people about Washington High, first in war, first in peace, and mass yeah. in Southern League. But uh, a lot of good people came out of the, the city, and I, I'm glad that uh, I got to, to, to get up out of the city and get out here to Orange County. Went to LA Harbor College when I graduated from high school. Then uh, I, I majored in dominoes and bidwists in the Seahawks Center, and, <laughs> and the only one that would take my grades was the United States Navy. So uh, I, uh, I enlisted in the Navy back in 1965. Well, to, to, I'm not so sure if I remember the date. I think it was September 20th, 1965. Okay. I'm kidding. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I went, went to Vietnam twice, was in 67 and in 68, aboard USS Tripoli. We were... Um, the first aircraft carrier that was built to carry 5,000 Marines and five squadrons of helicopters. So we were uh, on duty and on station up in the DMZ and along the, up to the, to, well, Da Nang to the DMZ. Made sure that the, the Marines that were on, on shore were, were supported. And that's what our part of the Amphib Navy and the Amphibious Forces. So I'm kind of technically a, a Gator Navy guy that's part Navy and part Marine. Sure. Which is, I don't like to tell the Marines that because. They always get a little jealous because they only they, they think they're they're the best of the five. But anyway, I won't tell them any different. But uh, got out of the service, went back to LA Harbor College because I knew the value of education, and uh, I just decided to go back and make up for what I did. And it was pretty cool because I got a chance to, you know, it was one of those things where there's no back door now. <laughs> I can only go forward. Right. And I, I was and my motto was. And it still is today. Had there been a back door at the Alamo, all those guys wouldn't have died. They, they probably would have figured out a way to get out. Sure. So you always try to put yourself in a, in a situation so you do have a back door, but you hope you don't need it. Right. And uh, my back door was, hey, I'm in the service already. 
just move forward, get your education. And, and I did. I wound up graduating from L.A. Harbor College and uh, transferring out here to Cal State Fullerton. And I had my cake, and I was eating it, too. Got a chance to um, kind of kick back and play a little basketball. And I was on Coach White's at L.A. Harbor College's uh, first uh, championship team. Wow. And um, and then, uh, like I said, I got a chance to transfer out here. Oh, and I was the first black student body president at L.A. Harbor. So, really? Yeah, so... I combined, and I was the only one on the team that was working and had a car. So I was, um, I was like right now, I'm still staying pretty busy. But it was great to come out to Fullerton. Um, and, like, and as we said before we got on air, you know, I've been out here since August of 1970. Okay. So I've watched the county grow and move and matriculate, and boy, has it changed. It has yeah. really changed. Some things remain the same, but it has it, changed. Yeah. Um, I... Um, had an opportunity when I got here and graduated from Cal State Fullerton. Uh, I found out that my skill sets to play basketball were yeah, limited. <laughs> and uh, although I was good, but I wasn't as good as the rest of the guys. So I, I got more into the coaching area. And I was very, very wonderful. I got a chance to be the JV coach for a while. And then when Bobby Dye came out to be mm -hmm. the coach at uh, Cal State Fullerton, you know, Cal State Who and Cal State Disneyland. I was one of the assistant coaches on that team. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I got a chance to go to the final eight, and I can, well, if we had more time, I'll tell you about all those games we beat with the uh, University of San Francisco and, 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 and in New Mexico and with Michael Cooper and those guys. So, who was the best player you guys got to play against the, oh, back then? Oh, there was a lot. There was a lot. You know, you, you, you beat the uh, University of uh, USF, you know, and that was Quentin Daly. Oh, and, wow. we, and we yeah. played. Um, you know, we playing more. We we lost to Arkansas in the last what minute and a half. So I mean, we had Arkansas. We used to, the thing is, teams would get up ahead and they'd relax, and then we'd come and get them. Okay, okay we'd come get them. So um, you know, when you think of uh, Marvin Delph and Sidney Moncrief, oh, yeah. that those are Arkansas guys. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm 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 really old school now because most people wouldn't even know who those guys were. But uh, they were pretty doggone good guys at Arkansas, and in the pros, too. Sure. Yeah. But uh, I decided after uh, I graduated from Fullerton in 75, because it took me a little while, but I had to work and get to school and go to class and all that stuff. And, but I did it. I went to a basketball clinic up in Oakland, and I got a chance to meet the gentleman that was head of Pro Kids for the region. And Pro Kids was the shoe company that uh, were Uniroyal. Back in the old days, up right. until the middle of the 80s, all our shoes were made by the tire companies. So Pro Kids, Converse, um, what was it? Uh, PF Flyers. PF Flyers. Yeah. Uh, 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 all those yeah. were all made by the tire companies. In fact, uh, on the on the lakes, Lake Mishawaka and stuff, all the waterproof boots, all that stuff was all made there. And, and, and so if there was a, a strike... At, on the tire strikes, when Uniroyal or Firestone or what's something had a strike, right. it stopped all the shoes, all the productions. But then they started going offshore. Nike came along and they started going offshore, and 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 then. Uh, but anyway, I went to work for Adidas. After this guy, I learned learned a little something from him. Did a little report for for one of my classes. Gave it to him and and told him the reason why some of those shoes weren't being sold in Riverside, Orange County, and L.A. And so I wound up getting a job. So uh, a, a report that now people would probably get two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars for, or two point five million. Right. I got uh, a company car and a thousand dollars a month, and I was happy. 
Sure. <laughs> I helped graduate. So I worked for Uniroyal, which was really a wonderful experience because I got a chance to uh, hone some of my marketing skills and sales skills, and uh, which really, really, to this day, the, the skill sets that I learned, the training that I got, uh, it, it's st- I'm still with me today. It's really with yeah. me today. Uh, then from there, needless to say, things things happened. Stride Right came along and bought the shoe division from Uniroyal. And like any other salesperson, they, they, they dump you all. Sure. <laughs> However, I was very fortunate because when I was a manager, in, excuse me, a trainee in training, the manager in training's name was Dominic Ferlato. So when he took over as president of Stride Right, guess who came back to work for kids? I went. I was working for them twice now. But anyway, um, I was very fortunate in 1980 to uh, get selected to, to go work for a, another shoe company, which was Adidas. So uh, I'm your, your first black sales rep to ever work for Adidas in the United States. Really? 1980, yeah. Uh, what a historical piece that was. When you see the shoes, the little logo yep. you have on your chest sure. looks like a marijuana leaf, but it ain't. Uh, if you take that little leaf and you put it together, it means three stripes encompass the world. Because the three the Adidas did encompass the world. His name was Adidas. He got in trouble with Hitler because he uh, made the special shoes for somebody named Jesse Owens. Oh, so yeah. when oh, Jesse, wow. so when Jesse Owens won the gold medal in '36 in Berlin, boom, uh, that was <laughs> uh, Hitler got mad and made uh, Adolf Dassler start making boots for the for the army. So they say Adolf Dossler got upset and changed his name to Adi Dossler. So that's how you get AD, Adidas. Adidas. But I know in your mind, you're thinking, it's all day I dream about sports. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned, you mentioned Adidas. I bought my first pair of Adidas when I was a kid. They were $18, and my mom was so mad at me because for $18 back then, I'm aging myself, you could have bought three pairs of PF Flyers or something. For eighteen dollars oh, yeah. for Adidas, it was yeah. just a lot of money back then. Yeah. But yeah, the fun part about being with Adidas is watching their worldwide, how they did things and how they made the, the factory and how they did things, and they and they were they were they were right on point. They were perfect. Back to World War II, when the United States came in to the facility in Germany, they because a lot of the shoe workers and the management spoke English, they asked the the German they asked the managers to manage the the camps. And the prisoner wars because they spoke English. Sure. Yeah, but uh, it was pretty neat to to learn those kinds of stories and and the, the history from that 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 period. I got a chance to work with Adidas to for the Olympics, and and we and and one of the things we did when we started the Orange County Sports Hall of Fame here was I mean Larry Myricks and see Edwin Moses, all those kinds of guys, uh, Jurgen Lenz, all those kinds of guys were all uh, you know in, in the Olympics. What was really neat during the Olympics in 84, Willie Knowles and, and a group of his friends, Rosie Greer, they had a, a shop. So during the Olympics, Adidas comes in and they set up a cobbler shop right there in the community. And so if uh, like Marcus uh, Johnson needed special shoes, they had them sure. made. So all those guys who had their shoes yeah. made right there. I mean, that's how detailed they are. And it was work. But unfortunately, when the Olympics was over, uh, the, the Adidas company uh, bought out all the little distributors that we were part of. And so there we go again. So I got a chance then to, to start working on my own with some clothing and stuff. But eventually, I decided I wanted to do something different. So uh, in the 1990s, 
early 1990s and the Black Business Association that was here, I got involved with them because I wanted to help out in the community. Sure. Little did I know that two years later that Milton Gordon, Dr. Gordon would come in and he wanted to do more for African-American male students at Cal State Fullerton. So that got my involvement with the, the chamber and I helped put together the first scholarship fundraiser and stuff for, for schools. In fact, actually, we were doing African-American scholarships for Fullerton, Irvine, and Chapman at the time, and then we increased it to do things with the uh, eight community colleges. Well, how long have you been involved with the chamber? Too long. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Since 1990. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I took over as president uh, kind of in 1994, 95. I haven't found a real job yet. No, I'm kidding. But uh, the bottom line is, you know, I couldn't ask for anything better. The things we've done my involvement and our involvement with the community, us, you and I, getting together back with the Orange County President's Council, yep. making sure that we really had a, utilized that diverse community we had to try to make a positive impact and difference. And wow, I mean, when we stop and look at what we've done, and I, and I say we done, it's been wonderful. From a legislative standpoint, from an advocacy standpoint, from a community standpoint, uh, for us really taking time out and to make sure that we respect, honor, and participate in Black History Month, Hispanic Heritage Month, Women's History Month, Native American History Month, boom, and, and knowing the time levels. In fact, that was part of what we did when we first started at Orange County President's Council was to make sure that we had a meeting and a calendar so we wouldn't step on each other's toes, but we also planned to be there to help support each other. That's right. That's right. Well, speaking of calendars, what are some of the things you have going on this year? I know you have uh, the anniversary on the, what, the 20, 24th of this month, right? You're doing it. Well, it'll be the Future Leaders Luncheon. Well, we started back in 19, 2019, maybe 20. And we started that because I was finding, and I was watching the change of the dynamics in the community. There wasn't that much. People didn't know what was going on in the community. Okay, The chamber did, but that's good to know. But, Bobby, how are you going to get that out to the rest of the world? Right. So... At that point in time, we had um, maybe three or four individuals that had become mayors or city council people. You know, Mama Mayor over at, uh, over at Lake Forest was your first black city councilwoman and the first black mayor in Orange County, in part because of Todd Spitzer. Oh. Todd Spitzer was there. I mean, I'm in the audience, and Todd Spitzer brought that home. I won't go too deeper into it, but he did. And that was awesome because I'm in the room. And then Karen Robinson became the, not only the second, but she was the first black mayor and mayor uh, and councilwoman in the city of Costa Amazing. And then she became the first woman black judge in Orange County. Those kinds of things that most people would never know about. From a business perspective, one of the highlights for me was at one point in time, the top four employers in Orange County were all headed by African-American males, black men. Okay, you had uh, Michael Drake here at UCR. That's right, Michael Drake. You had President Gordon over at Cal State Fullerton. You had Greg Weir over at uh, UPS, and then drumroll, Ed Greer Greer. at Disneyland. Yeah, that's right. I mean, those kinds of things, That it's not that people take it for granted, they didn't know. Yeah. Coming up this month, it's even better, because now I'm... I found a couple of things that I didn't know. We have two black female city council members on Los Alamitos, Ms. Dobie and, and Ms. Uh, what was it? 
Trish Murphy, Miss Dobie Murphy. Okay. And most people would never know that. We've got six black judges, and one judge just got appointed to be on the Central District. All right. And didn't you go to some place called UCLA? I did. Okay. Well, just so happens that judge is uh, Fred Slaughter Jr. Right. Okay. okay. And Fred Slaughter Sr. was on John Wooden's first championship That's team right. with UCLA. 1964. <laughs> So that kind of little small stuff, you can say it, it has, and we're a real good friend. In fact, every time we get together, I always tell him about his dad, because his dad was also one of the first black agents in sports. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, it's those kinds of things and connecting the dots. So, but anyway, on the Future Leaders Luncheon, it gives us an opportunity to get to community, have a lunch, not a banquet, but a lunch, and highlight a few individuals and do something different to keep people in loop. What we're going to do this year, everyone that comes... We'll be able to get three books. First book will be Shaping Orange County by Stan Offerly. He did a real big, great job of highlighting all the things from Orange County since its inception. Okay. The second will be um, Mommy's Mayor, Mommy's Mayor from Letitia Clark. Oh, yeah. And then the third one is going to be the Constitution of the United States. Because I'm not so sure without but school's not teaching uh, civics. Hopefully, <laughs> we can go back to normal. <laughs> we should all be carrying a pocket constitution. I, I agree with you. Yeah, that's one of the things here. And then I guess if I may slide a little bit here. Sure. Uh, because of my efforts with uh, with veterans and having gone to Vietnam twice, I've been very very blessed to carry the banner uh, for um, for for veterans. Let me ask you a question: How are we on time? Paul, how are we in time? Five minutes? Okay. All right. Well, the good news about it, I had an opportunity, uh, the real good news, I had an opportunity to get appointed to the uh, California Community College Board of Governors by the governor, and I got a chance to start the, the first ever on the board veterans, uh, veterans or, uh, committee, and we got a chance to start growing growing veteran support on the veteran service offices on all the campus. All. Okay. And then uh, out here, we got a chance to, uh, I got a chance to be a part of the Orange County Veterans Advisory Committee, and now I'm part of Valor, which I'm involved in anything and everything veterans here, but because 10 years ago, exactly 10 years ago, there was no money coming in for veterans at all. None. Zero. Zip. 10 years ago. 10 years ago. As, wow. Yeah, 10 years ago. Zip. Orange County is number three in the state. You've got LA one, San Diego two, and sure. Orange County three. But between the two, we didn't have anything. We do now. But we're also, my, my pet project is working with Valor and Nick Berardino, and we're, we're working with putting together the new cemetery out here in Anaheim yeah. Hills. Well, you've been one of the big advocates for that. And yeah. We appreciate your leadership in that, and that's just huge accomplishment, getting, getting that done. Well, yeah, it is. Funny story. Todd Spitzer at that time was supervisor, and he got the land. He negotiated with Donald Brin because actually the Irvine Company was going to be houses up there. Okay, but uh, but something happened or whatever. So we got the land to put the cemetery, but Irvine was still playing with the city, doing what they wanted to do and stuff on the base there. Sure. So uh, Todd Spitzer came to me and he says, "Okay, we got the land, but we can't say anything. So you can't say anything." So I, was, I thought that was pretty funny. Todd Spitzer telling Don't me, you, I can't, you say can't say anything. Yeah, they telling me I can't say. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Mr. Loquacious telling the other loquacious, loquacious the other loquacious be quiet. But we pulled it off. Doggone it, we pulled it off. And um, if you get a chance, and those listeners that are here in Orange County, if you get a chance. Go down the 91 freeway toward Corona, or if you're on the, you get backed up a little bit on the 241 going into uh, the 91 crew to Corona. We put that flag there. First flag is right there. That's and awesome. Boy, it's, it's an awesome sight. 
It's an awesome site. You mentioned UCLA. So I went to UCLA, obviously, and I did whatever it took. I had so many different jobs. And one of the jobs I had was reading scripts. And every script, do not recommend, do not recommend. The only script I recommended was a script on Buffalo Soldier. Wow. The only script. And I know you've been, once again, a big advocate, a big historian, just somebody getting out the word about what the Buffalo Soldiers were all about. Mm -hmm. I know you were just in the Rose Parade, which was really cool. I see you on KTLA early on the... You know, January second. Yeah, and then you did it at your gala too. You, but you've just been like tireless when it comes to that. You want to explain to our audience a little bit about sure the Buffalo Soldiers. Sure, and I will. And by the way, you said the script on the Buffalo Soldiers. Yeah. You know who the, what the UCLA player, basketball player, played in that movie? Mike Warren. Mike Warren. That's yeah. right. So I'm, I'm from Hill I'm, Street. Hill Street Blues. Well, Mike but Warren. he was Buffalo Soldier for his Hill Street yes. Blues. But a Absolutely. good friend. Yeah, we played basketball against each other. Okay, so you yeah. got to play. So, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know my limitations. Did you get to play against uh, Pete yeah. Maravich, too? Or no? no, that was okay. Pistol Pete. He was Louisiana. I couldn't gotcha. get down to Baton Rouge. Okay, gotcha. Bottom line is uh, my dad and my four uncles were Buffalo soldiers during World War II. Wow. And uh, they were master sergeants, uh, which is probably the reason why I understand uh, <laughs> discipline. Yeah. <laughs> I had an aunt that was one of the first black nurses as an officer in the United States Army as a nurse down stationed down in Fort Huachuca, which is really cool from a standpoint. It was Eleanor Roosevelt and Mary McLeod Bethune and another nurse that went to the secretary of the army and said, hey, this is what we need. So they wound up making nurse, put nurses together and they sent them, in Tus- they sent them to Tuskegee and they sent them to Fort, uh, Fort Huachuca. I was looking for stuff on my dad and I wound up finding out that on my mother's side, on the Louisiana militia rolls for the War of 1812, there were two, I had two relatives, Vavasaurs, if you will, that was a maiden name, my mother's maiden name, on the rolls for Louisiana militia. So I go back to the War of 1812. Wow. I heard from USA Today, and I both kind of wrote a book on the history of the black college football, the historic, uh, you know, history, education, and pride. And one of the stories in the book that we wrote, and it's all on the historical black colleges, from the football, the bands, the fraternities, you know, all that kind of stuff that went with it. And there's a section in the book that brings it home. In 1866, the colored troops, the 66, right after the Civil War, the 62nd and 65th colored infantry pulled their resources and came up with $5,000. Now keep in mind, those guys were making $13 a month, $156 a year. And they came up with $5,000 in 1866 and incorporated Lincoln University in Jefferson City, Missouri. That was the value of education. And as I dug deeper into it with some of the Buffalo soldiers, I found out that if you were caught gambling, or, well, let's, let's use that. If you were caught gambling and you didn't know your ABCs, you went to the brig till you learned your ABCs. Are you advocating that we do that today? Is that what you're No, okay. no. I, I don't think to know because most people in, in jail know their ABCs. But you're looking at 1866. Yeah, sure. That's the value of education. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then come to find out that my, my grandfather was graduated from Florida A&M. He's a rattler, so he went to a historical black college. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Uh, I'm loving it. The, the thing that we did at the banquet this year, I know we're short on time, but, sure. but it was the 125th anniversary of the 25th Infantry, which is one of the Buffalo Soldier Groups, that went 41 days, 1,900 miles, from Fort Missoula, Montana, on the 14th of June, 
and then wound up in St. Louis, Missouri on the 24th of July. So they went that long, 50 miles a day, on bicycles. Yeah. And you had some of those bicycles. 1897 on bicycles. That's right. Yeah, so we've been riding replica bikes. And you mentioned the Rose Parade. We were part of the equestrian unit with the New Buffalo Soldiers. But we were the first bicycle group ever to be in the Rose Parade, in the history of the Rose Parade. Really? Yes, sir. There was no other bike. That's interesting. That well, when I say that, I preface that because around the floats, right. they may have had bikes or something like right. that, or bike thing, but never a group. A group. Yeah, yeah. either your float, equestrian, oh, or your correct. car. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, or a band, you know, whatever. Yeah. We appreciate you coming out today. I know time goes really f- fast on this, uh, this podcast, and uh, we'll have to do this again uh, sometime soon, but... We want to appreciate our guest, Bobby Mack, or Bobby McDonald, from the Black Chamber of Commerce, a good friend and a great leader here in Orange County. And thank you to our our group at home listening to us today, too, as well, because our community is your community. So thank you, everybody. Next time. Well, there you have it. Another great reason to tune in each and every time to meet our community, the Hispanic community here in Orange County and those that they know. Powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio, streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center.